Welcome to Financial Fridays. I'm Bob Gustafson, a certified financial planner and the owner of the Triton Financial Group. Each episode is an excerpt from my radio show, The Financial Focus, where we answer questions from our listeners. Our goal is to help you increase your financial knowledge through these conversations of 10 minutes or less. One came in. Uh, Hi, Bob. What are some of the things you need to think about before signing up for Social Security retirement benefits? Yeah, we do get a lot of questions on Social Security. It's incredibly, it's a, it's a, uh, a complicated program. It's not, it's not that easy with all the different, uh, the different things you got to think about. So, um, one thing you know, we there's one thing people always talk about is you know when should I should I take the benefit? And it's, you know, it, it's uh, it's a little different for everybody. You got to look at a lot of different things. So, for example, uh, one thing you'll notice is if you delay taking benefits every year, you wait, your benefit goes up by about eight percent. Which is, in a low interest rate environment, to get an increase like that is a, an outstanding benefit. But you have to be able to um, be li- you know, have enough liquidity to be able to get by while you're delaying taking the benefits. So that's a you know, liquidity is an important thing. Can you afford to to delay? The other thing you got to think about too, John, right, is longevity. Well, if if your if your parents came over on the Mayflower. And every previous generation's lived to 100 in your family. Well, it might make sense for you to delay taking your benefits because you're probably going to live a long life. No guarantee, but, you know, if you're trying to read the tea leaves. However, if you're, you know, your family's on the banana peel and has heart issues or whatever, and no one's ever lived past 70, well, it might not make sense. It definitely doesn't make sense to... Uh, to delay taking your benefit. Actually, it still could, depending upon the health of your spouse. So the, the health of your spouse with integration with survivorship benefits are also uh, of critical importance. So there's so much to think about with Social Security that you really got to take a step back and really understand what your options are. And it's also helpful, um, if you're not an expert financially, is to get somebody's help who is. Because generally, once you pull the trigger on Social Security, that's pretty much it. You're stuck with the decision you make. Although you can go back and do a redo, but it's a very, a very short period of time that you have to change your mind. So uh, there's a lot to think about there, John. And, and, it's, and it's so different for everybody. Um, you know, some of the other things you got to think about is if you've got one, if the husband and wife and one works um, in a job covered by Social Security and the other one works for um, a, a municipality or a school system where there's a state pension or a, or a private pension, uh, I'm sorry, state pension, the, there's offsets to Social Security. There's a windfall elimination provision. There's a government pension offset. So there's a lot of things you got to think about. Social Security is, is, a, is a very complex animal. Right. Can you trust what the, you know, uh, whatever the payout they tell you you're, you're qualified for? Can you trust that, Bob? I know we do. Okay, that's, I believe the government does their best to try to show you what they think your benefits are going to be. However, those numbers that you see can be misleading when you get your Social Security report or you look at all those asterisks and you get down the bottom. Um, if you're, if in the last, thing that I mentioned, if you work in the, uh, you know, getting a state pension, and you might also be eligible for Social Security, and you get that statement from Social Security that says you're going to get 1500 a month or something like that. Well, when you read those asterisks, you got to realize 
that may not happen. They might reduce that benefit significantly because of the windfall elimination provision. So just because you get a letter from so, a statement from Social Security telling you you're going to get X, you may not get X because of uh, the windfall elimination provision or the government pension offset or what have you. So you've got you've to do your own research and really think about um, you know, what you're going to get for Social Security benefits. And it's, it's very complicated, so getting somebody's help isn't a bad idea when it comes to something that might be very, you know, have a significant magnitude in your financial situation. Right. Very important. Yeah, I know that uh, you, and on, on past shows you've mentioned that sometimes the numbers can not be right, so you, you have to go in there and, and do your due diligence, I'm sure. Absolutely, and, and, and the to... other thing to, to think about, too, is you should make sure you go, may, one of the thing, questions we get this time of year, Bob, how long should I keep my, my, uh, my taxes? You know, and your, your accountants, the accountants usually tell you, oh, you want to keep them for like seven years or something like that, but I would argue you want to keep your federal tax return forever because Social Security may not have your earnings history accurate. I've seen a number of times where Social Security has a, you know, your uh, wrong income level. So if you made a lot more money in a given year than Social Security has given you credit for, um, you may take a hit in your benefit because of that. So being able to show what you have for a history of income, you should check that against what Social Security has reported. You know, I've noticed that the number of mistakes they make on that have, has kind of gone down a little bit over the years. Nonetheless, they're still there. So you should, you should try to check into that and make sure Social Security has the right work history for you. Very important. So what are they calculated on, Bob? Is your best 30 years of work, 35? 35. You're, they, take, they actually go back and they look at your 35 highest years of income to come up with your AIM, Average Index of Monthly Earnings. And what they do is, like, say, a 1985 job was your first job. Let's say you made 40 grand that year or whatever. What they do is they have an indexing method that they bring that up into the present with. So they, they, they adjust for inflation or what have you over that period of time. And then what they do, they take your average 35, uh, they take 35 years and, uh, of, of earnings. You multiply it by 12 and you get your monthly, you take the average and boom, that's your average index of monthly earnings. And that's what they base your benefit off of. All right. So one of the things you'd probably want to think about then is if you don't quite have 35 years of employment history, maybe to keep working an extra year or two, so you don't have any zero. So you don't have any zero averages in there. That's exactly right. So those are a few of the things that you, you know, you want to take into consideration um, when you're looking at your social security benefit and some of the things, so your longevity, you know, how much liquidity do you have to try to delay your benefit? Does it make sense to delay the benefit? Uh, did you work in a um, in a a job not covered by Social Security? Can that affect your benefit? You need to look at so many different things. But what I like to tell people to do is start researching it. Start, you know, don't wait till you're 65 years old or 66 to start thinking about how you're going to take Social Security. You look, start looking at it when you're 55 or so, and come up with a plan. Really give it some thought. Um, and walk yourself through like the analytics, and, and uh, it'll help you make better decisions. But it's a complicated, it's a complicated program. There's a lot to it. 
Um, you know, not to mention survivor benefits, John. You know, so Social Security has survivor benefits. And that's important as well. A lot of people only think about, well, geez, what's my break-even point? If I take Social Security at 70, I'm not going to break even till I'm 82. Well, that might be true if you're only looking at, you know, the break-even point for you alone. But what if you've got a spouse that is going to get your benefit after you pass away and that spouse has longevity in their family? Well, now it, uh, it adds another variable to the equation. So you got to think about all those different things and how they're going to they're going to impact you. So it's a good idea to start looking into those types of things long before you get into your retirement years. In fact, I just helped a client yesterday walk through the analytics of the the best, you know, what what the what the most uh, uh the optimum way for them to claim their social security benefits and it took a few hours, John, to really help them walk through the analytics, and they were going to go down the wrong path. They, these, are, these are smart people, too. Um, and they were not looking at it in some of the ways. They hadn't considered some of the things that they shouldn't. But long story short, we've got them right back on track, John, and they're going to they're gonna do, do just fine. But it just goes to, you know, to give you an example of how complicated it can be um, with, uh, in, in looking at it. So... Social Security, it's a complicated animal. Start looking into it early. And the other thing to consider is get help if you don't understand. Thank you for joining us today on our Financial Fridays podcast. I hope you found the information useful. And if so, feel free to share this podcast with people who may benefit from the topics discussed. Subscribe by visiting our website at financialfridays.com. 